Okay, welcome to Can You Relate Fit and Health. My name is Jill. I'm your host. With me today is Mark. What's up, Mark? How you doing, Jill? How you doing, Mark? <laughs> uh, how old are you? 44 years old. Nice. Were you active as a kid? I, I was. I was. I played three sports. What, whatever whatever was going on at the time. I mean, obviously, huge baseball guy, basketball just for, for gigs with the buddies, um, and, then, and then a huge football guy as well. So I, I kind of threw the book bag down as a youth and me and my friends we were gone we were on bikes like two towns over playing hoops against other kids from other towns so it was just a recreational thing or was it more of a like um like little league or like yeah i played the organization uh, organizational yeah. stuff the little league and the pop warner football without question the cyo basketball but even in our downtime we were playing we were hopping fences and and doing different things, playing. I mean, I can recall with my buddies, like football-wise, hopping the fence of the Little League field and playing foul line to foul line you can't throw, like just option. Right. So it was like, yeah, we made up We made up different ways to stay stay outside. Um, when you got into high school, did you play high school sports? Yeah, high school, I uh, I tried to do all three. I, I actually went to, to a, a private all-guys high school, Bergen Catholic, which was about 45 minutes from where I grew up, so – that became really difficult with, with my parents having to try and get home okay. after school. And my dad was kind of like, hey, man, you're really good at baseball. You're really good at football. The whole basketball thing probably should be a, a chance for you to come home and, like, help us out as a family and, uh, you know, not make us have to take transit home and, and do all these different things. So for me, that was that was the easy transition to give to give up basketball. And the same thing into college, too? Yeah, I did both. I did both in college as well, which was so difficult. Right. It was, it was, you know, one of those situations where at, when I first agreed to go to the University of Pennsylvania, uh, they didn't have uh, spray, uh, they didn't have like fall practice for football. It wasn't totally, it, well, I guess it wasn't allowed at the time. And then in, into my sophomore year, they, they incorporated it and it became really taxing on my time. Um, most of the time I was doing a football meeting at about 7.30 a.m. in the morning till about 9. And then I'd schedule all my classes from about 9 to noon and then I would play a college baseball game around 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon, shower, put on football pads, and go to football practice from wow. about 7.30 to 9 o'clock at night. That's crazy. How, yeah. How did that affect you mentally, I guess? Was it hard on you, taxing? or? It, it, it's what I loved. I, okay. ne I, ne I, never, I never looked at it like... Like I always looked at the schoolwork. How am I going to honor the schoolwork? How am I going to honor the fact that my parents are paying so much money right. that you know I got to find a way to to figure out and get get in the library and study and actually pass these classes because I felt like academically I was overmatched. Right. Athletically, I felt like I could always handle myself out on the field. So, yeah, it, it but it helped me all that time management and, and, yeah. and how to how to figure out how to get by. I, I, my dad was never. Uh, he always used to say to me all the time, figure it out, find a way to get by, not expecting you to be a 4-0 student, set every passing record that's ever been at, uh, in the Ivy League and hit, hit a home run every time up. Just find a way to figure out how to be successful. I think it's helped me in, in all walks of life. That's good. And now when you were in high school and in college, what was your – I mean, I guess with Penn State you had a better weight training program. Did you, you have a nutritionist you on know, staff? You know what's funny, Jill? What's funny is – I grew up in New Jersey when, in, in you know, in the yeah. early 80s, like, that whole fitness thing was exploding. Yeah, it was. Um, my cousins owned gyms in, in Teaneck. 
Uh, it was called Future Fitness. So I grew, I actually grew up being that skinny, scrawny kid that was forced to go with his older brother and his cousin to the gym and kind of like, that's where I was babysitted half the time, right? right? So I'd be sitting in the corner. But I, I, I kind of watched and through osmosis, watched the proper ways to do lifts, watched the proper ways and watched how much these guys like cared about <laughs> how they looked and, and how much it meant to them. My brother to this day, I mean, he's 50 years old. He still lifts as if he's like back in high school. That's I mean, incredible. putting in knee wraps on and squatting, probably not the smartest thing. So I always grew up around, around it. I never was interested in it, even through high school. I'm my high school football coach. It was, I mean, I had to be motivated to get in a weight room and, and really work hard where, where I kind of made the commitment and where I felt like I, I was when I redshirted my freshman year in college football. I physically went, I graduated high school at six, one, 170 pounds. And it, I, it just wasn't enough. Right. And when I went to college and first couple scrimmages in football, the coaches pulled me aside and said, Hey, we, we really like to put about 25, 30 pounds on you and see what we have. And that's when I really committed to the whole nutrition and getting in the gym and really transforming my body. Because mentally, I thought, and physically, I thought, I, I, natural ability-wise, I felt like I could get it done. Just could I withstand the rigors of, of trying to pull it off at 170 pounds? I wouldn't have been able to do it. Did you find that because you're in college and you it's a party time too, yeah. that you had a hard time mixing all the sports and having a good time and like partying and... I, I try I tried to do my best with all that I, I I felt I feel like the social aspect of it's a huge part of of, of, of the enjoyment and right. why you go in the first place so uh, yeah there was moments where I definitely had to turn to my roommates and my buddies and be like hey I gotta sit this one out for but for the most part uh, I was yeah I was in the fight as far as the party party scene I w- you know what you're so especially with football football's a little bit different than baseball baseball I felt like you could float around and have a little bit more fun football in college that you're getting up at 6 30 in the morning um the practices are relentless uh, you follow such a regiment that except for saturday night after a game you're really not going out right so i i, I think that helped me and even when the football season's over with though you still had who's that did you saw baseball yeah i went i, I would go right i kind of take a little bit of time off and then it, that would be kind of right in the pocket of, of, of the college basketball season. I'd go over to the palestra and watch a few games. We actually had a really good team when I was on campus and uh, and start preparing for the baseball season. Right. And would, like, football take you all year round? Like even when you Football were always had to have – whether it had my heart or not, I always felt it was 50-50, but okay. football demands – Right more of or of your time in college. Oh, okay. So I had to honor the fact that football's the reason I got into the school. So I was going to honor all, all all my commitments in that regard. So yeah, I went through all the fall practices, I went to all the meetings, I went to everything, but my mindset was on trying to hit a baseball at that time. Do you have any major injuries from either football or she, baseball during college? No. That's good. You know, it's funny. I I mean, I had the recently I had the Drew Brees thumb injury. I hit it off the top of some kid's helmet playing against Harvard, and I dealt with that. So I know what he's going to have to deal with coming back from that. It was uh, difficult. But it's funny. I've had more freak injuries playing baseball than I did playing football. I I, I guess I just got lucky in that regard. But 
No, I, I pretty pretty much went unscathed in college for for the most part, except for for a thumb injury. Okay, and now you're out of college, and now you're going to what? Were you drafted? Yeah, I I was drafted my junior year uh, in the seventh round by the Atlanta Braves, and and you know kind of a kind of an interesting time in my in my household. Um, you know, my dad and me always had dreams of playing in the big leagues, and my mom was like, "Hey, you're one year away from an Ivy League education. Why don't you just stay and get it?" And really enjoyed the football part of it. Right. And, and I did too. And that, that was the toughest thing for me. I think I always knew baseball would hopefully become my future. But the football thing, I was better. I just, I just was. It came natu- more natural to me. Um, I enjoyed the camaraderie of that sport and that huddle. Um, what we had built there as a recruiting class, we were really strong. We had c- coming off two really good seasons. That was tough for me to walk away from my teammates in football more so than anything. Um, but, yeah, I signed I signed with the Atlanta Braves and was within 24 hours was on a plane to Eugene, Oregon to start trying to figure out a path to the big leagues. Right. Yeah. And what's it like in the minors? Is it as It's the toughest. It, but, like, working out, too, do you guys same have the same, like, weight training, nutrition? Well, it's it funny. Like That's that? where, you, where you realize that guys don't don't have the same motivations or guys hadn't – you know, I, I noticed it down to, like, the easiest menial tasks throughout the day, cashing your check, doing laundry. I mean, the kids who come out of high school and go to those levels are searching for mom and dad half right. the time. Um being a guy who came out of college and had had to try and time management two sports and an academic schedule that was a little more difficult than I would have liked. Uh, yeah, I was I was kind of pre- kind of prepared for that. The toughest part about the minor leagues, they did a great job about taking us to the local YMC, uh, the YMCA's yeah. or local gyms in different towns we went to. So guys got workouts in without question. The toughest thing is the eating. Yeah, I was gonna say you're making no money. Yeah. Um, you're taking long bus rides. I mean, the bus ride from Eugene, Oregon to Boise, Idaho is about 15 hours and you're stopping at McDonald's. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't, you didn't, you didn't really have a choice. You didn't really have a choice. So that affect you then? Did you gain weight when you went to the minors from when you were in college because uh, of the eating? See, I never had, I, I always felt like, Hey, let's, let's keep eating Mickey D's or fast food right. for a little while and then we'll figure it out. Cause I was always a guy who burned a, the high metabolism and had trouble putting on weight. Um, I would always come into spring training or tried to come into spring training about 10 pounds heavier than I was probably going to play the season at. Okay. I don't know if that's right, wrong, and different. That's kind of just the way. Back in my time, you wanted to come into spring training as jacked as you were, as you could be, and kind of show the, the front office that, hey, this guy's been working out hard. He's been working out. It might have been the wrong way of working out. It's certainly changed now. Guys are way coming in way different um i feel like even college though it's way different than way different in, in penn state i mean like yeah it's more way more fast more twitch yeah. way way more mu- like muscle pliability as opposed to us it was like old school try and get as big and as strong Dead as you lifts. can pot yeah, yeah. As, as, as you possibly can and and come into spring training and then slowly morph that body into baseball playing shape right before opening day right so now you're into the majors, right? What's that like in your career, like keeping eating properly? Yeah, that changed everything. Out. Yeah. No excuses in the big leagues. No. No, you just have access to so much. You have access to a personal chef. Not when I first walked in. I mean, we were still, you know, eating 
heavier foods after a, after a game would end at 11.30 at night. But for the most part now, towards the end of my career, as I was phasing out in the 2010, 11, 12 phase, personal chefs come in. The weight rooms are stacked with everything right. you could possibly need. You have ART soft tissue specialists. You have masseuses. You have acupuncturists. There are no excuses not to be. I almost think it kind of works against you. Almost. I was going to say, it kind of feels like it does in a way. Yeah, I, I almost feel like you could almost overdo it and kind of like in your downtime, it's like, oh, let me go get it. Let me go get a 30 minute workout. And next thing you know, you're doing some fast twitch. And next thing you know, you got needles in your thighs. And <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I almost feel like it could work against you at times. But you, there are no excuses to uh, to be in its shape there. Do you have any injuries then in the majors? A lot. Yeah. A lot. All all pretty sh- – I always had the, the strange injuries for me. Uh, blew my blew my ACL out on a, on a, on a tough play at shortstop. The cle- my cleat slipped and uh, grabbed at the wrong time at the, at the wrong – Right. Yeah, pound of pressure or what, what have you and, and game over. And that was 2004. That was my first, like, real – catastrophic how hard is it coming back from injuries like that then going back and playing again i felt like that one for me was really tough just because of the timing of it um it was the last series of the year in 2004 when i did it i was kind of at a crossroads with the atlanta braves at the time i was kind of a utility player who was given an opportunity to play every day and didn't really run with it and they had mixed mixed feelings. I could tell they had mixed feelings about me. So when I blew out my knee and going into that off season, they just released me. Right. So I kind of was sitting there with a newborn. I don't. My daughter was one at the time, uh, with no job and rehabbing a knee and trying to figure out like, okay, I'm 29, 30. I'm not like a spring chicken here. I got to figure out how to su- how to support a family. So let's, you know, what are we going to do? So I was back out on a spring training field in about three and a half, four months, which was painful. Right. I never forgot. I never got over the ACL, I don't think. You play through it. I never fully forgot about it. I think I needed about a year where I was like, okay, we're good. Right. And it's held up. I had a cadaver put in 15 years ago, and it's held up. There you go. All right. So now you are done, right, with your baseball career. and. Now you're here doing um, MLB Central, and what's it like coming out of being playing all the time and working out and going into, you know, afterwards? Yeah, I think it's the toughest now because there's no – oh, I say this. What's the payoff? Good health? I got to tell myself, like, that that matters. I always worked out. Like, in high school, I worked out to – because you had to, and I wanted to start – as the quarterback on the football team. Then you get to college and you feel obligated to be as strong as you possibly can out on the field to be able to withstand the season. And then in the big leagues, you're honoring your contract, you're honoring yourself, you're giving yourself the best chance to amass as much money as you possibly can and play as good as you possibly can. And then now you retire and you're like, wait a second, I'm working out and I'm getting no payoff from it except I look decent in a mirror. Right. <laughs> and um, hopefully – I live a little bit longer. So that is my toughest. That is my toughest. I'm always a kind of what's the reward for working hard. How much gain, weight did you gain after the f- you finished playing you baseball? You know what? I've hung pretty good. That's I remember good. at one point I let it get away from me. I always I always played at around 205. Right. I can't, used to come into camp at about 210, 215. 
last year, the end of the season, I stepped on the scale. I'm a huge scale guy. Yeah. Huge. I'm not I'm, big on scales. I'm on it all the time. The problem is, is that when you lose weight initially, it's great because you see the pounds come off. But when you start weightlifting a lot, like I do, yeah, and the weight goes back up, now your brain is like, oh no. So you're I'm the opposite of me, though. Uh, yeah. If I see it go down, I go run to the kitchen and eat like a PB and J. No. Because I was a thin kid. Right. So it was like, I it was like ingrained in my body, like you're. Your size is gonna hold you back. Your size is gonna hold you back. So I was always, I'm, I'm still to this day relentless about my weight being at a certain level. But I got to 230 last year, and that's when I was like, all right, that's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. That's why I just, I mean, I try. It's tough. I, it, I feel like, and, and this is gonna be terrible. I feel like with traveling the way I travel, it makes it, it's an excuse, but it makes it so difficult to be so, eat so clean and to like figure out I, I try and pick out spots i am way way lead a way healthier lifestyle when i'm home with my family right get better sleep well yeah that's a, that's a big part of it that's too. that is a big part i got i got one of my college roommates who's really really into this stuff we went to a mets game about uh about two weeks ago and he was t- t- talking to me about sleep and you got to get seven eight hours and this is the ramifications for not doing it and we were going i mean sitting there trying to watch Pete Alonzo hit homers, and he's telling me that the first five hours of sleep are for your body, but the next two are for your brain, and if you don't, I'm like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's hard. I'm working on three yeah, and a half. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like the average American now gets about maybe five, maybe five to six hours of sleep. I, w- I would agree. I'm probably right at that number when I'm up here working for the yeah. show. because, And that's another thing. I feel like – for me, I want to honor the guys who play at 10 o'clock at night right? because it's so easy to get caught up in this, this East Coast bias where we can focus our, our attention on, on Yankees, Mets, Red Sox, Phillies, whoever you want to go, and forget about the fact that the best player in the world plays at 10 o'clock at night most nights. So I do my best to try and ride those games out as much as I can, right. but that puts you – I mean, I'm up at 5.30, 5.45 trying to get to a production meeting, so – it's funny, the more I think about that, Jill, that is something that needs to be addressed with the higher-ups. I don't think I should have to come to meetings anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, when would you say was the best, you were in the best shape of your life? Oh. Wow. Yeah. That's a good question. College? No, you know what? No. I felt like I was always a late bloomer. Sure. I felt like that. My entire life. So you you would think college, like, no. I felt like I was in my peak, like, right in that. Man, because baseball-wise, it really didn't take off until I turned 30. I, I felt like right there, 28, 27, 28 was where I was like, all right. You have the ability to do things that you're that, that are not kind of translating to when the when the game starts right so let's break this down let's let's make wholesale changes i always trusted my ability to uh compete i just felt like i was in positions not to be successful and base and and took me a while it took a a couple of coaches certainly the the hitting coach down in texas to kind of pull me aside and be willing to kind of change everything and once once i kind of changed my whole philosophy on on uh, on hitting and ha- and had a game plan and how to go about it, I felt like it allowed my natural ability to take over. I was always so worried about 
surviving and staying in the big leagues because if you stay you're making six figures and i can i can pay the mortgage and i can take care of my and i'm not gonna have to worry about working after i'm done playing i i I always was very cognizant of that so it was nice when i kind of learned how to hit right where i could just be an athlete out there and not think so much and then that's when kind of my career started to take off a little bit nice do you have anything else to add feeling okay now tb12 or whatever it was that you were doing. i tried that too I, I still i do i'm i'm up for anything i'm right. in on the whole fitness thing like i said i grew up around it it was it was so, it's something that's still near and dear to my heart uh my brother was obsessed with the weight room uh my cousins were obsessed with the weight room um so i i in turn once i started really getting into it became obs- uh, became obsessed with it and see the payoff for it if done right so you take what you learned in the minors, college, majors, into the weight room then? What you, do you take into it now? Like I think I would go about it a little bit different. I think I would go about my workouts a little bit differently if I played today. But I still think there is a place for being strong. Yeah. Like I still like bench press. I still like squats. I still like, I still like those things, the, the big movements. I think you can incorporate, you know, all the muscle pliability and the fast twitch stuff. But in order to get through 162, you got to be strong. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's what I got. All right. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, thanks for having me.